what our kids often do, they either, what we do, to be honest, we all do, when something goes wrong, we either blame ourselves or we shout and blame other people. And neither of those were a good thing to do. We just need to allow ourselves to be upset and then begin to try and work that through. Hello, friends. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing Catherine Hill. Catherine is an author of several books and speaks widely on family issues. We'll be speaking about family and particularly how we can support and encourage the next generation as we look to the future. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to today's podcast. Today we've got Catherine Hill joining with us. Catherine, welcome. It's really great to be with you, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. Brief intro for you, Catherine. You're married to Richard. You have four grown-up children. Uh, you started life as a solicitor and then moved into the charitable sector working for Care of the Family. It's a national charity helping to support families and uh, you're UK director of Care for the Family now and you've uh, published several books and you're uh, a past speaker. There's a lot, uh, a lot you do there and this is a great timing for us because you've just released a new book, A Mind of Their Own and we'll come back to that a bit later but the theme of this whole week, this podcast is on hope. How do we build culture of hope? And this today we're going to be looking at family and how important family is for that uh, culture of hope, the future, as we look ahead. So just as an opener for you, uh, what does family mean to you? That is a great question. Um, I think in the big picture, family is the building blocks of society. And family is the place where we learn how to do life, where we learn how to love and to be loved, where we learn how to forgive, when we learn how to do conflict. And of course, it doesn't always work out um, as we would have hoped. But nevertheless, um, it's that place, I think, of learning and character formation and most of all, um, stability. It's where, it's where for, if we have children, it's where they form their identity in, in the context of family. Um, and just in relation to the very kind intro that you gave me. So when I was a solicitor, I was a yeah. family law solicitor. Okay, yes. So I saw then the heartbreak of when family life doesn't work out. And that's what really motivated me to want to work for Care for the Family. Because at Care for the Family, we try and um, come alongside families and put strong fences around family life. We often talk about being the uh, fence at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom. But trying to enable families to to thrive and to flourish in the everyday. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really helpful kind of understanding your journey to where you are now. And um, I'm sure that's probably really helped you in what you're writing as well and unpacking some of these topics that you've addressed in your books. So that's that's really fascinating because the family kind of comes in many shapes and forms for us all. And uh, But there's something that's unique and powerful about a family unit that can really support our, our us individually, but also look to the future. Uh, so that's so right. I mean, family is in so many different shapes and sizes, and certainly at Care for the Family and in my work, you know, we work with um, couples um, who are together. We work with single parents. We work with parents with children with additional needs. Um, we work with dads. Um, we work with bereaved parents, those who've been widowed young. So all kinds of shapes and sizes of family, which is incredibly rich. And that is the learning place for us all. That's great. 
I'd love to kind of dive in a bit more about the, the, your book that you've just written. And obviously, we're on the back of a, a really extraordinary year for, for us. And that would have had a real impact on our, on our families. A really um, a challenging time. It kind of magnifies every aspect of life, doesn't it, what we've, what we've been through. And so I know this was part of, um, you, you, you've written this out of some of that learning from this, this experience and almost also setting a, a um, what, can we, what can we do? What can we, how can we respond to that? Um, this is uh, about children. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So it's called A Mind of Their Own, um, Building Your Child's Emotional Well-Being in a Post-Pandemic World, which sounds quite long. The actual title is A Mind of Their Own, um, but it's for parents or anyone who is caring for kids, has a heart for kids, and it's how we can build emotional well-being in their lives because that is so important to us thriving is how we're doing emotionally. And it was already an issue. I think if people have just been listening to the news and stuff before the pandemic, um, you probably would have seen that there were loads of headlines about uh, children and young people's uh, mental well-being being yeah. under pressure to rising levels of anxiety. In fact, in 2017, July 2017, um, one in nine kids had some kind of mental health difficulty. By July 2020, so just really in the pandemic, that has gone up to one in six. So it's five in every classroom. And I just really want to do something about that. And because, and I know that there is so much that parents can do in the everyday stuff of family life that can really make a difference. So that's what the book's all about. Um, how we can, how we can do that in an accessible way. And it's got loads of practical stuff in. So at the end of every chapter, there is a, um, maybe we'll talk about the content in a minute, but the end of every chapter, there's a little section on some activities that parents uh, families can do and also action points so it's not just all the theory and there are some if you're not a great reader there are some brilliant cartoons so that will really make you laugh <laughs> so. oh good yeah i do like pictures that's, that's great well maybe could, could you draw on some um, examples that you've you've drawn out in, in your book uh, maybe some stories it'd be really helpful just to unpack that a little bit if, if that's possible yeah, love to do that, love to do that. Um, just drawing on what you said at the beginning about how the pandemic has been, it has actually been like putting a magnifying glass to our family life. Mm. And I think for some families, the good stuff has got better and there have been some positives. Um, we sometimes have to look a little bit hard for them, I think, but just the chance to spend time together as a family, um, you know, people having meals together, um, going out for walks together, even though it is tough to do, that's been good. But by and large, families have struggled. And yeah. it is those families that are working outside the home or in the home, plus trying to homeschool kids, or even if you're at home just trying to homeschool kids, it's so, so hard. And I think any parent listening to this should give themselves a pat on the back and a gold medal if you've survived this far, because it, it yeah. really is an impossible task. I, um, I've heard it, heard it described as like the, the Corona roller coaster. And, uh, <laughs> I would that, agree. That's, that's been our experience in our house. <laughs> there's been some good bits, but man, there's been some uh, terrifying bits as well. 
Absolutely, yes. So, and I think so not only with the pressure of the pandemic, there's also the pressure of the digital age and our kids having so much access now to technology, which again is a really great opportunity, but also the pressure for them to establish their identity by how many likes they have on yeah. um, social media, the pressure of the whole celeb culture, the selfie culture, um, mm. how, we, how we help them manage that is a huge pressure. Um, as well as sort of the big, the big issues. So yes. um, there's several chapters in the book that start with it's okay too. Um, and they're a little bit, they're a little bit different. So I talk about all the everyday stuff that at Care for the Family we would say to parents. So trying to spend time with our kids, trying to speak positive words to them, trying to set good boundaries in place, um, stuff that it's, it's good to do anyway. Mm. But then on top of that, there are some really key things that we can do to build well-being. So one of the chapters is called, it's probably my favorite one, it's called, It's Okay to Be Ordinary. Okay. And I think our kids are growing up in a culture where Britain's Got Talent, um, mm. Love Island, the social media, TikTok stuff tells yeah. them that they have to be extraordinary. And it's a huge pressure. And actually, it comes as a bit of a relief for them to know, of course, they have talents and of course, they have individual gifts and they're unique. And as parents, we want to cheer them on in that. Um, but actually, it is OK to be them. They don't have to measure up to some really difficult standard that is unattainable, which I think culture gives them the, the message. So that's, that's um, really good. I mean, and that's um, I feel that as well. You know, that's for not just children, for us adults, it's. It's a big pressure that you know just bombarded by this um these images and kind of uh, perfect lifestyles that we kind of engage we we're potentially seeking absolutely and and the fact that so often there's that message i don't know um if parents listening have spent many school sports days cheering their kids on as they throw beanbags into buckets and spin yeah, hoots yeah. and race for that tape but the ones we have four kids as malcolm said and um they at the end of the sports day junior school sports day every single child would get a certificate because there's this message that everyone's a winner but uh, we yeah. can't all be winners <laughs> and so i think as parents one key thing that we can do is to spot the great things our kids are doing and be really specific and praise them for those not just telling them they're good at everything mm. um and spottings like character if we see them being kind if we see them um sort of trying hard praying praising their effort not just that whole what does success look like so that would be one really good thing and then i think That's the really other thing is, yeah. well there's many things but resilience yeah. so mm. resilience is a word that's banded around a lot and the scientific word for it is a, a means bouncing back, bouncing back into shape after something has happened. Right. But researchers now talk about it as bouncing forward. So it's not just going back to normal, but actually it's learning from whatever circumstances happen, whatever difficulty maybe that we've had. And this is exactly what's happening in the pandemic. And I really want to say to parents that this is a hopeful time that you don't, it's not all uh, doom and gloom at all. Of course, there's really tough stuff. But if you think about the generation of 
children that grew up in the Second World War, yeah. we don't think about them as the lost generation. No, we think about them as the, as the resilient and the resourceful. And our kids are learning stuff now mm. that is going to stand them in good stead and build character in their lives. And as, as parents, you have to be there for them and cheer them on in that. But I absolutely believe that it, it will be eventually. It's really tough now, but um, they are going to learn from this in a good way. That's really, really great and a really great hopeful message that we can resilient to bouncing forward. You know, that, that is, that's really good. There's that um, sense that I, I mean, in this lockdown period particularly, but we can feel like we go around in circles with many things. And, and I've always um, thought actually that life's journey is much more like a spiral. And you, yes, we go around, we repeat things, but we come with a higher perspective and gain wisdom and knowledge. And so when we come round again, we can approach it slightly differently. And I feel like there's a similar thing to what you're saying. There's progress actually in, in this really hard time. There is progress and there is hope. So that's really wonderful. Do, do, do you have any examples of, of maybe some families that you've, you've walked alongside or maybe even personal, your own, your own families, that you've seen this kind of bouncing forward type of uh, energy? Let me think. Well, there's many, many examples. There's... Um choose one that's helpful well the, the one i wrote about in the book and this is so it's really small really down to earth but that's that's where this happens is um this uh little child who called jamie and his grandparents have taken him into town to spend his christmas money and he's gone to their lego store and he's chosen a lunar space station and it is loads more difficult than he's ever done before but like we were saying before, he knows he's brilliant at Lego. Everyone's told him he's brilliant at Lego. He knows he can do it. Two hours later, he's all over the kitchen floor. He's kicking this box against the wall in temper, refusing to let his grandpa help and in a complete meltdown. And what the grandpa is wise to do is to stand back and just allow him um, to struggle in that and then to begin to learn how to build that space station himself. The temptation I have as a mum, and I think many, particularly mums, but dads as well, are to do um, this thing called helicopter parenting. So we swoop in and we do it for them because we can't bear to see them struggle. It's horrible seeing our children learn things the hard way. But actually, as parents, if we can step back and allow them just to work through that stuff themselves. Um, what, what our kids often do, they either, what we do, to be honest, we all do, when something goes wrong, we either blame ourselves or we shout and blame other people. And neither of those were a good thing to do. We no. just need to allow ourselves to be upset and then begin to try and work that through. So it's a silly example in some ways, the Lego, but as he starts to really work hard at it, he'll learn that he can do it. And then next time he'll be better equipped for it. So just like your spiral, um, that's a that's the thing that goes up and that's not just about things like that it's about all the different uh disappointments that we have in life just working through them that's that's brilliant and and actually touches on a few of the other interviews that we've had over this this week um around creativity and being being okay to fail um oh that's one of my chapters it's okay is it really? to fail. it okay. is yeah <laughs> failure is well, really important well yeah, yeah. Can we talk about that bit then yeah loads of the really good stuff that has been invented in life has been through failure. You know, the light bulb, cornflakes, the frisbee. I mean, there's loads of examples of people persevering um, yeah. through 
failure. And one thing, we, I, <clears throat> one of the ideas I had was to, to, tell, to suggest to families that you have something called Failure Friday. So, you don't, I mean, I don't do it every Friday, but every now and then, <laughs> You get your kids around the table and you either talk about famous people. You can just Google it and find a funny, famous person who's discovered something or learned something through failure. Mm. Um, and then maybe share all your own stuff that week of what are the things that haven't gone right. Um, but then learning that we can learn through that. Um, yeah. It's really powerful. <laughs> I, the, um, I, I paint. I'm an artist and um, I often paint with my my uh, children and uh, did a painting with my middle girl Abigail recently and we were doing this piece we had a, had the plan of what we were going to do and she was doing this uh, particular kind of part of the section and she dripped loads of paint over it and she went oh no ruined it and uh, I said that ah, looks great let's let's go for it and so then basically she started then flicking paint over this area and created this really lovely um, part of the, of the picture it was fundamental and but what was really interesting is that she still talks about that now she still talks at the time when this mistake led to something that was really amazing. That and is so I can, re I can really see how if we allow our children to, to have make those mistakes and to learn from that, that actually it really empowers them to, they bounce forward. They, they exactly do bounce forward. I know people have heard, I've just got the book here. Um, so Michael Jordan, who is a really famous basketball player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he doesn't know Michael um, Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, but he's written lots about failure. Yeah, and uh, he tried out for the varsity basketball team when he was at school, and he was already really good. He was already a really good player, um, but he was dropped from the team. And um, and I'll just read it. He says this. Um, he says, I went to my room and I closed the door and I cried. For a while, I couldn't stop. Even though there was no one else at home, I kept the door shut. It was important to me that no one hears me or sees me. And then he about to give up basketball altogether. But then his mum, Dolores, she steps in. And um, so rather than seeing that failure as a source of pain, um, she sees it as an opportunity for growth. And she persuades him to go and he picks himself up. And then, of course, he goes to become one of the most famous basketball yeah. players of all time. Um, oh, and then this is what he says. He says, yeah. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. It's good. Brilliant. Really good. What a great quote. Yeah. And uh, lovely to hear that from him, actually, because he personifies this kind of almost perfect sportsman in many ways. So to hear that, um, that actually what enabled him to do his thing is, is really powerful. And we can obviously translate into us, into our, our walk, our personal journey. Yeah, that's really yeah. great, Catherine. Thanks so much. The um, obviously our, our families, our, our children are our future, and and how do we best support? We talked about this, you know, with, with some of the things you just mentioned. But how do we support, encourage them? How do we pass on that baton? How do we uh, create that culture of hope for them and for us moving forward? Have you got any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it touches a little bit on what we've already spoken about that encouraging them to be the best. The best me that I can be, not setting our expectations on their shoulders, but allowing them um, to, to take risks, um, to try new things, um, as we just talked about, to fail, but then pick themselves up again and to, to cheer them on. So our four children are very different. They've done very different things. And some of the things I've had to really bite my lip because I thought, oh, 
I wouldn't have wanted you to do that. But actually, it's been so important that they have done that. And sometimes it's worked out and sometimes it hasn't. And But they've learnt from it. So I think for our children to know that the, the family is where, where our identity is formed, um, particularly in the teenage years. Um, our, our young people are trying to form their identity away from us, their parents. But for us, if we can give them the message that whatever they do, whatever they look like, however many times they fail, however many times they disappoint us, that we love them unconditionally, um, that we accept them for who they are, that we're there for them, that is the best thing that we can do. And that will give them that incredible foundation in their lives on which um, knowing that they're loved and accepted for who they are, that they can build their identity on, that will stand them in good stead, whatever whatever the future holds for them. That's, that's brilliant. That's really great and a great encouragement for us and, and uh, very hopeful. I think that's probably a good good place to end. We, we've, we've, we could go on. I know we could do, talk about a lot more, but um, that seems really nice way to, to finish this this talk so thanks so much again for for joining us i really hope that the book is a great success i'm assuming you can get it on amazon and, and yeah you can get it um yeah from care for the family from amazon and from um, all good bookshops <laughs> yeah great well yeah all the best with that and thanks again for for joining us and look forward to speaking to you again soon brilliant it's been great thanks thanks <laughs>